I'm Jimmy Alexander, and welcome to Out With Jimmy, the podcast where members of the LGBTQ community share their coming out stories with you. I ask you to go to Apple Podcasts. I do each week, and I'm going to do it again. Uh, To all of you, click subscribe. And while you're there, it really, all jokes aside, would mean a great deal if you gave us a nice review and as many stars as you possibly can. Because in the podcast world, it shows value if you have a nice nice review and a nice score on there. So please uh, help us if you could. Follow us on social media, Out With Jimmy. If you want to find me directly, I'm at Alexander Jimmy on Instagram and uh, Twitter. And I'm Jimmy Alexander Radio on Facebook. Now, this week, you'll notice it's a longer episode. And as we all know, size matters. No, no, no. The reason is because the guest is that interesting. I thought we'd just talk about his coming out story, but we talked about his sobriety, mistakes he's made in his life, and choices he's made to make his life and the people around him better. I promise you, you will like this guest because Tamor is out with Jimmy. I am Tamor Tugberk. I live between Miami, Florida and Washington, D.C. I work for my own self, designing the district. I'm potentially maybe single, potentially not. Mm -hmm. And I'm fabulous. Who was the first person that you looked at and you said, I'm gay? Hmm... Like actual person or mm-hmm. like noteworthy person? No, no, no. First person. I actually believe it was one of those summer friends that you make mm-hmm. growing up in the 20th century before like internet technology was around. Mm-hmm. And you'd go to like Washingtonians would go to like Bethany Beach mm-hmm. or Ocean City. And your parents let you go to town or the arcade at night. And you make those type of friends. Mm-hmm. I think it was a stranger. How old were you? 15. When do you think you knew that you were gay? Since I could think. And no. You knew automatically. Oh, my God. Who was the first celebrity you had a, like, a little crush on? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. What movie? Risky Business. Underwear scene? Yeah. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. You're 15 years old. You meet a stranger, which we suggest you not to meet strangers in random uh, arcades and uh, come out to them. But if it happens, okay. When did you tell your family? So... I think around that summer is when my behaviors as a junior adult started to show. Mm-hmm. Um, my behaviors meaning like, oh, maybe strolling in a little late night or maybe having special friends that family didn't know. Mm-hmm. So that would provoke conversation. And where did you grow up? I grew up in Potomac, Maryland. Okay. If you get to know me, which you have over the mm-hmm. past few years, and if those listening get to know me, they may see that I'm quite outlandish Mm -hmm. in my presentation, how I behave, how I look, uh, like zero fudges given Mm -hmm. on uh, how my appearance is perceived or interpreted because everyone's perspective is unique, so Mm -hmm. why bother? And I've been this person since I was a child, uh, since I was a little kid, since before this moment that we're talking about where how did this come up or how it was approached. The reason I'm developing the context here is because There had always been the raised eyebrow Mm -hmm. amongst family, amongst the community and whatnot. Whispers being spoken in a small town like Potomac, which again, if your listeners are from here, you'll know. Potomac is a very wealthy area right outside Washington, D.C. And it can be very cliquish. Is that fair? It is. It's also lightly populated. Mm -hmm. And it's the type of community where those who choose to live there outside of affluence, because many different type of people live there, 
it's a community to which you subscribe and commit. Mm, so that's fair. School, church, yes, soccer teams. Did you, you go know? to a private school or public? I did. I did. I went to a private school, which had 500 total students. Wow. Third to 12th grade. What school, if you don't mind me asking? The Bullis School. Oh, the Wow. Wow. So from an outsider, I hear Bullis School and I think you grew up wealthy. Is that fair? <clears throat> uh, I would say, depending on from what outside you come. Yes. My personal observation of the community within which I was raised, we were not the wealthy ones. Okay. So obviously your parents um, considered education important for, to send you to Bullis. The education has been an implicit high importance in my family, and I believe it has transcend generations as well. So did you like going to a school so small? I did. This, okay. is, this is with strong hindsight, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, like past precedents and observational analysis, mm -hmm. being an adult, and now being like 20 years since mm -hmm. initially coming out, you know, I wouldn't have anything any other way. And I and I str I strongly look back on my education from the Bullis School, and regard it as probably the best decision my parents have ever made for their children. When did you come out to them? So I started coming out in the year two thousand to them mm -hmm. as bisexual. Mm -hmm. The gateway to gay. The gateway to gay. <laughs> uh, by now, gay later. You know what say. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you? So you told them you were bi, and how did they take it? Uh, aggravatedly. First of all, this was the year 2000, so it was turn of the century, pre-9-11. They're worried about Bush v. Gore. They don't, they don't need to know that now their son is bi. They also were worried about AIDS, HIV, hate crimes. There were no protections like there are today. The cultural understanding of LGBTQI, first of all, many of those letters were not part of the spectrum mm -hmm. back then. Uh, we had been just escaping the, the 90s where people had now been finally starting to survive HIV rather than be decimated or murdered on behalf of being gay or being sick. Um, so just to give everyone who's listening a little context, like this wasn't an easy, this was not an easy time. And if you forgot, let me remind you, this wasn't an easy time. Well, you make a great point. I like to say you know, people go, oh, it's never been worse. And I'm like, oh, it's never been better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think about uh, Melrose Place. Melrose Place, they were going to have two good uh, men kissing. Fox TV said, no, you're not, because we're going to lose $20 million in advertising. Now, Walmart has commercials just dedicated to the, uh, the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. It's gotten better. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's perfect. It's gotten better. It's nothing's ever perfect. No, 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 no. So, and if you think it is, you have a lot to learn. So, <laughs> or you're lucky. You are. You're very, very lucky. So, your parents, they were probably not at please, but they didn't throw you out of the house. The response was not pleased, not thrown out of the house, but I, I I'm not going to commit to like concrete words said because that was 20 years ago. Um, even though I'm 21, it's so crazy Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how I remember all this stuff. Um, threats were made, uh, threats were made on behavior. Threats were made on life choice decisions from your like, parents. Mm -hmm. what, yeah. what, what were the, like, we will not keep you in the family type situation. Let me just fast forward though to now where like th this was quite just a slight hiccup pain 
yeah. in a small blip of my life until finally, like, we're all very much on the same page. Very much. For, well, they have to be yes. so proud of you because you have achieved so much in your career. Um, as you'll see, and we'll talk more about uh, what he does later, uh, you have become a brand, not only here in Washington, but also in Florida. You um, around. sashay around uh, the globe. A little bit. And you really have helped change people's lives. That's fair statement, right? I, 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 this is how I would like to believe my everyday impacts others. So at that point, you're 15 years old, and you know you're gay, and you tell you the person you meet out at the arcade. Were you afraid to say it out loud? No, because like he was in the same boat. You know, mm -hmm. it was one of those moments where we're from different parts of the country. It's summertime. We're the same age. We're going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, meaning, like we could have been potentially making out or whatever we did yeah. at fifteen. Well. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, it's funny those moments in your life because you probably felt alone before you met yeah, him until I felt like my world made sense. Yes. And when you grew up and, you know, watching risky business and, you know, I think we all watched that and thought, oh, there's something very right about Tom Cruise uh, sliding <laughs> around the floor. But were you, um, at school, were you afraid oh that people God. would find out? Oh my God. Okay. So that to answer the question, afraid, yes, no. But it wasn't about finding out. It was the repetitive and consistent, predictable pestering of those people who now highly likely look up to me mm -hmm. or may have not surpassed their peak in their lives. Mm -hmm. um, and because I was a part of a school from ages 8, 9 to 18, 19, so it's a very large gap, it's quite the quite the unpredictable interaction you would have depending on with whom you cross mm -hmm. or whatever's spoken. There was numerous non-voluntary insults or comments projected upon me. And as a young kid, I honestly, like I had some pretty tough skin. Like I gave pretty much like almost no fucks. Like, it didn't bother you. It very much bothered yes. me. But in, in living, reliving these memories, yes. like, I was like, fuck this. Who cares? Like, I'm, I'm going to do my goddamn thing. If Have you seen any of those people who were? Yeah. I, yeah. I've seen a lot of people. And when you see them, what is your reaction to them or them you? Um, I exist in a perspective of, like, constant smiles and happiness. Mm -hmm. And I strongly believe that energy is also equity and I choose not to waste it since it's precious as is time and it looks bad on my brand. Mm. Um, so your, your nominal interactions with me, current, past, future, present, whatever it is, get in line. But does it, do you see some of these people and they may be hypocritic, very, very hypocritical. They're very nice and friendly to you and you want to go, Hey, fuck you in your, I know you won't because of your brand, but inside, you know, they can go fuck themselves. I remember that moment at when this happened. I'd say I'd say that because I work in media and PR, like my conversations are extremely superficial with many people and I, I don't need to offer any like valuable response or reaction unless that conversation is reciprocatedly or reciprocally mm -hmm. invested in me. And in turn, if conversation points come up that are contradictory 
to how I understand our relationship mm-hmm. having had been. I I don't bat a lash faking it or like bottle bottling mm-hmm. things up. Like I'll, I'll say like, I think that's great that whatever you're saying right now is blah, 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 blah. But don't forget that this specific thing that you said in 1997 when we were walking past the library and like you made that comment or laughed at me, like that wasn't cool. Those things don't go forgotten. No, no. And it's so funny where you hear people say, all the snowflakes, oh, don't be so sensitive. There's a difference between joking, being funny, being cruel and being mean. And I've never understood why so many people get joy out of hurting other people and being really cruel. And um, I was lucky as a kid. I really didn't have that many experiences, but I was somebody who would stand up for other people. And I would imagine you, you're not the biggest guy in the world, but you have such a big energy and big presence. I'm sure that you you don't mind making your presence known. Not at all. Um, When you told your parents... And they weren't happy. How how long did it take them to okay. come to grips? Here we go. So it wasn't a coming to grips. This so so first of all, the year two thousand I was sixteen years old. So like the previous saying like, mm-hmm. Oh, I think I'm gay or whatever the hell I we had said was the year preceding that. Mm-hmm. So like first high school year basically. Um when I told my family I was bi, that then turned into a year of consistent argument. And pestering like, oh, who's your girlfriend? What are you doing? This and that, yada, yada. Girl this, blah, 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 yada, yada. Ugh, like shoot me in the fucking face. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and literally, literally, like, so summer past yeah. this, this is how it transpired. Like it was quite, quite the moment. Um, my mother and I were driving to meet the rest of my immediate nuclear family from Potomac to Fairfax. Mm-hmm. Um, which is where my uncle, uh, my dad's brother, his wife, and three daughters, my three cousins, mm-hmm. who were basically like sisters as well. We mm-hmm. grew up very close. Turkish, like close situation. We were making a left. Uh, may oh, I ask you, ahead. your parents, they're Turkish, obviously. My, my dad's Turkish. How long? Turkish as in from Turkey? Yeah, from Turkey. So from you're first generation first American. Generation. Yes. Okay, so that's part of it. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so here's a little, another like detailed context. My father who is an incredible man, one of the wisest people I know, so accepting and so patient. Maybe not always this way, or maybe, you know, I get it. I'm in my mid-30s now. I'm very different from my mid-20s. don't you feel like part of the reason he is as good of a man as I can tell you think he is? Mm -hmm. Because of you. Because of what, how you opened his eyes. I think, I think, I think a lot of reasons how, why and how my father is who he is today is because of the special circumstances that is my family. And how he got to interact with us. <laughs> <laughs> like we're all a little special well. case in my family. So um, so thank you, Bub, by the way. Oh, and thank you, Mom. But the story gets a little heated with me and wow. my mom right now. So you, you're you driving to see the cousins in Fairfax. Yes, we were making a left off of Falls Road onto a, uh, not Norton Road, like that one with the traffic circles by Potomac Falls. Okay. That takes you all the way down to the canal. Um, and we like currently sometimes do in a much more eloquent way Mm -hmm. our conversation turned into argument Mm -hmm. because it was like the jewish mother style nag so your mother's jewish Mm -hmm. and your father's turkish Mm -hmm. happy new year by the way thank you um so obviously there's a lot of emotions Mm -hmm. in your home yes okay fairly spicy family 
a spicy family. <laughs> so all of a sudden, in the middle of this pestering about girl this and me like trying to use my language arts to basically be like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, bitch, I'm gay. <laughs> like, like, literally, like, I am gay. And I just said it numerous times as I was driving the car. You know, this was like 16 years old. I was the one driving now. And you're and like, you got to get it. It's boiling inside you. Boiling for a year at this point. A year. Yeah. Because you had to pretend you're bi. Mm-hmm. Or you bi. I, I buy a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a promo. Um, so you're finally, because I, so I should tell you, I was outed 35. Be happy. Wait, 35? My yeah. Age. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So could you imagine? It's kind of hot. Yeah. So, um, and I am bi, but, you know, my husband would really be upset if I brought a woman home. But nevertheless. <laughs> um, but I could imagine you're like, mom. Yeah, literally like that. But also pretty pissed off and i had like jimmy said a little bit ago i'm a i'm i'm not a small person we're like the same height but we're not the largest people but i've always had a big personality i've certainly never shied away of saying what i'm feeling or thinking yeah in class in church in soccer and i'm i'm saying these things because we talked about what it's like to grow up in potomac Currently on Instagram, when I'm speaking on panels, when I'm amidst politicians or world leaders, like I'm going to choose my words very strategically and say exactly what's on my mind. Back then, it was a little bit more passionate Mm -hmm. since, you know, you learn how to use your language wisely. And so these aggravated, like exasperations or exclamations of proclamation of self were, were not rare after this point. And it wasn't just a year. The year, the year got the year got me like stuck in a rut, basically. Because I had been struggling with this conversation yeah. for a while. And it took a while to be comfortable to say this to someone when we actually were taught at these age to not be this. It's wrong. Yeah. It's wrong. Like wrong. You were taught this not by TV only, not by mom and dad only, not my brother and sister only. Not by school only, not by all the religion, churches, whatever, synagogue. It's every everybody was on this page. Like, okay, culture, we're not going to approve this. Like, it's wrong. So as a child, and if many of you are children listening, and children meaning, let's just say, under 18 or under 25, whatever, you know, or under 12, whatever you are. Like, it's, sometimes it's hard to embrace how your world really is, which is the one thing you have your whole life is your own unique perspective compared to what you're told, you know? Oh, I know. And you make a great point that I think you're the first person to say this, that it wasn't only your parents or whatever. It was wrong. To be gay was wrong. And now the person that should love you the most and does love you the most, your mom, you need her to look at you and go, Okay. Yeah. So you're in the car going to cousins. Oh my god! What? And so you're screaming at her, screaming, gay. crying, screaming. You know, we're two. My mom and I are two dramatic queens. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, I respect you because it was telling my mom who I knew. This is ironic. My mom would not have cared. Her best friend was an older gay man. I knew she wouldn't care. Yeah. So it wasn't her stuff to deal with. with me. Yeah. But with you, you're so brave. You're telling your mom, listen, we can play and pretend I'm gay. Yeah, it felt really good. And 
What like, happens from it's there? Not really good. Well, first of all, we were on our way to a family dinner at another relative's mm-hmm. house, and so was it a high holiday? No, it was I was, summer. I was, it was hoping like, it was Purim. Go no, ahead. no, it was like August okay. or like July. I don't. It was before the school year started, where like having a year of playing this buy card and like you know the internet was starting to happen. So like, um, what was it called? Not Planet Out. Um, Manhunt. No, I'm no, kidding. Not Manhunt. I actually never got on Manhunt. Um, but gay.com and planetout.com. Okay. Like chat rooms, like AOL, like all this stuff. And the world was there and you weren't alone. Not alone. And I started meeting people. And they opened a Barnes and Noble in Gaithersburg, which was directly north of Potomac, where I could like drive my fancy Toyota 4Runner to go to the gay and lesbian section <laughs> and cruise for some tail. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Did that work? Absolutely it worked. Are you kidding? Okay, so see, I I missed that part because uh, I had a girlfriend. <clears throat> But when you were 15, 16 years old, did you know anybody else gay who was out? Uh, Well, so uh, Potomac is about 25 minutes from downtown D.C. Yeah. And around the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, pretty much the only tolerable neighborhoods for D.C. natives, which back then were mostly suburban Maryland and Virginia residents because the city was very dangerous and... Like, a lot has happened. Wait, look it up, guys. Um, but, you know, just directly, slightly eastern frontier of DuPont Circle was literally, like, the only place you could really go. Um, the most ritzy popular neighborhood upon which I live now, 14th Street, was cracked. Yeah, you would never Needles, go, yeah. prostitutes, like, was legit dangerous. There were a lot of cultural things. Art, LGBT, this, that. I would, I was in high school. I was in theater and the arts my whole life. So, surprise, surprise, I'm gay. Uh, not to say everyone in the theater and the arts is gay, but kudos mm. to you if you're in theater and arts, yay. Um, so, like, escaping with a license and a car and a little bit of the internet when people actually started using the internet was, like, also a fairly easy outlet for me. And my friends in Potomac, not gay, but mostly girls, but we all were like, get us the fuck out of Potomac. Like, let's go to the city. Like, let's see the world. Like, we want to go meet boys and, like, experience life at a younger age. So we would go to Zando X and O, which mm-hmm. is now called Cosi, and it was very different back then. It was where like artists and poets and Dupont would like meet, and it was like cocktails, and it was like the Martini era, yes. Sex in the City period. So we would go down, and of course, like rarely would we get carded in our like fancy teenage clothes <laughs> and like make friends with like you know these whatever Potomac life. It's fairly like charming. Yes, um, that's fair. Fairly rare, and uh, I, so I would make I would make like legitimate adult friends, uh, guy friends, like at like. And 16. you're sixteen, <laughs> so <laughs> I like how you worded it. I'd make adult male friends. Uh, sometimes now that'd be called clients, but nevertheless. <laughs> so did you? So now you're thirty five ne- years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, could you imagine making a friend who's oh 16 God. years old? Sweet Lord. I mean, You'd be okay. scared to death. Okay, so... You would never do that. Can I preface that I actually meant adult male friends? Oh, I took... Like, I yes. definitely had sex with, with adult males um, after this time. Like, I was not that comfortable. What? This summer, this summer, uh, this was uh, 2001, mm-hmm. when I finally, like, exclaimed gayness, I... Um, and, oh my God, boy, did I, like, that summer, I, like, lost weight and, like... Lipped my whole wardrobe. Like the shit I was wearing to my private school, you guys, was so 
Queenie. Which is so funny because you are in phenomenal shape. You, I hope you don't mind me saying <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. You are wearing leather shorts here. The first guest to wear leather shorts. And by the way, do you mind if we see your no, leather? I don't mind at all. Okay, let's, there's, oh, hi. Look at that. Oh, there you hey. go. Hey, swipe up. <laughs> <laughs> or down. But no, um, so, <laughs> so you're wearing little out booty outfits too. Not did you go outfits? I just instead of going, did you go to Universal and, Gear and, and get an outfit to go okay, to school. Well, Universal Gear was like maybe just about to happen back in okay. those days. I would go to like Express Women or like the Gap Women, and I would get like skin tight like vinyl khaki pants because I was part of the uniform. Oh well, sure. And I would wear these Oxford style shirts, and I would cut them like this and call them Dickies because I would wear like skin tight shirts at this point that were my sweaters mm -hmm. you know uniform and like a little tie so if like the professor lifted up my sweater it would be like my stomach and just the dicky we would call it did I, that happen did the professor oh ever lift God, up your shirt no no but like if that fantasy if the, of yes, mine were okay. ever occur like that would be pretty cute you're you're having that conversation with your mom how so how does it end when you get to the cousins okay so it's like don't say anything don't say anything oh, i don't fucking say anything like it's all i'm ready to scream it out yeah. and top my lungs I think I may or may not have said something to my cousins, but maybe I didn't actually, because I remember it took me a while actually to come out to my brother, oddly enough. How old is your brother? How difference between he's three and a half years older than he's 1980, I'm 84. He's end of 80, I'm beginning of 84. Okay. So, you know, like three and a half ish years. Um, my mom and I told my father later that week, and surprisingly, like my father approached this with such pragmatism and like, like patience and like, logic which now when i look at that i'm like wow that's how my dad is wasn't i thought my dad was gonna beat the shit out of me like scary turkish man you were that was severe a but legitimate like, fear but like my dad never beat the shit out of me yeah you know but like i was scared um i also was scared of how my brother would respond we were very close in age and i you know he's cool my brother's cool but he was a little bit more put together and proper than me and i was always like the fun bubbly popular one Sorta. Without the shirt and the dicky and with the older gentleman friend and definitely uh, 14th Street. Definitely with the dicky. <laughs> your dad helped calm your mom down about it. I would invite them to share this behind the scenes because I actually never asked them what what they discussed. But my father came to my bedroom in our fairly not huge house. So like the hallway was only like 20 feet long across from each other. And brought me a packet of printed literature about HIV and AIDS. And he's like, basically, I think the pitch was like, you need to read about this to make sure you're sure. And like, I'm not going to argue with you, but I want you to be safe. And I fear for your life. You know, like this was kind of the approach. And, and I think my mother's like, after having calmed down fairly rapidly, like within the week. Um, oh, there was a point I need to make before I came out fully um, about being forced to go to family counseling. Mm. Mm -hmm. Forgot about that. Um, but um, it was also just fear. Fear of the unknown. That fear of the unknown kind of kept going, even with the HIV AIDS thing, even still to this day, where it's, you know, like I, I'm HIV positive. I've been HIV positive since September 14, 2011, um, or at least that's when I found out. Um, I also freaked out back then because there was no PrEP, which is Truvada by Gilead, which is basically a medication which is fairly nominally harmful on the organs that these type of medications impact that is now marketed as a preventative 
pill for HIV AIDS. Just look it up. Truvada. Very easy. Um, so it was still a little oh pa or like little scary in 2011. Would you say it's fair to say that would have been a worse nightmare? Oh my God. I was like losing my fucking shit. I was yeah. terrified then. Took me a couple of days to finally come to grasp that I'm like, wait a minute. My head is stuck in stigma when the medications that they had then, which I actually just switched the one I was on to like, there's newer stuff that I don't harm your organs. Like they say, you know, kid, kidneys or whatever. Um, and I understand I've worked in healthcare now, so I understand like pharmaceuticals and this and that, but it's, not scary. Do you mind if I ask you some questions about medication? Yeah. Okay, so... No, I don't mind. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Um, I remember when I first started taking PrEP. And I went to the, the drugstore, and he told me it was going to be $800 mm. for the month. Oh, my God. And I, I looked at him, and I did that. I went, $800? Like, what? And I'm sure the pharmacist looking at me, and I could tell the look on his face, like, Kind of a judgmental look on yeah. his face. Like he, it was almost like, hey fag, you better take that. Um, that's how I and maybe it was I was internalizing, I don't know, but he had a very like judgy, like, you yeah. better be glad it's there. Yeah. And then I got a um through my insurance the union I'm in, um, it was like a hundred dollars for six months or something like that. And all I can think about is, oh my God, and I do fine financially. There's so many people who don't mm -hmm. who need that and then the story the guy I remember he tried to jack up the prices yeah. and it was disgusting was this like three years ago yeah and i think he's in jail now but <clears throat> with the medication you're on how expensive is that well i pay zero dollars okay um i'm very blessed to have retained my california residency um to whom i'm extremely okay with paying a lot more taxes than many places mm. because california compensates for part of my extremely premium health care Want number one. Number two, Gilead, the, the producer, offers coupons to anybody mm -hmm. um, to offset the cost of this. And then number three, most large cities, sorry, small town folks, but like you, you don't have the same infrastructure as we do in big cities. You don't have that many people. But many large cities or most offer both LGBTQI medical facilities that have now recently been extremely modernized and updated. So it's not a hole in the wall where you're getting like backdoor ass implants or like, please watch Paris is burning. Like you'll understand a little more historic context of the eighties and the trans community and the gay community. Um, however, the municipalities cover many of these costs for those with less means. But it is expensive, right? Because I don't know. Expensive. I don't. Oh, it's crazy. What would you say if you didn't have? I think it's like a twelve hundred dollar a month uh. type situation for thirty pills or something. Like, and and this is only in the United States. This is not in other countries. Yeah. Um, countries like Africa, for example, where we are able to send this type of money. I'm sorry, this type of medicine where it's really needed. Yeah. Um, for fairly dirt cheap. Pet farm. Pet. What is it? I don't know who it is, but I I uh, try to I just try yeah. to stay literate. Yes, know? there's a. Part of the government, uh, the State Department, that I think W was involved with that. I'm trying to think. Of Ped, I had a friend who worked there. Um, so I'm looking at you. I've known you. I see you on social media all the time. You're constantly at the gym. You constantly, uh, you look like a million bucks. Thank you. So the perception when, well, especially when I was a kid, but when you were 15, 16 years old, that's a death sentence. You hear that? Oh, death sentence! You like become Skeletor. You have like shadows under your eyes, which 
Can we talk about my health and fitness for a minute? Yes. So I have always been a motivated individual. Um, as I've aged, I've been personally motivated a lot. Um, I, I really appreciate everyone's opinions, compliments, or feedback. Like I value feedback. I'm a, I'm a person that, that aims to continually better oneself. And I am one to often give him a compliment on many of his Instagram posts. Oh, I love Jimmy's compliments, though. They make me feel so cute. I love it. I do love them. Thank you. Well, you look phenomenal. Thank you. Well, um, about a year ago this time, a newish friend had approached me with um, like life decision that he was trying to make. After 10 years living in D.C., he was thinking of making the decision to relocate back home to Miami, Florida, a city that he knew I'd been highly familiar and slightly established with, having snowbirded pretty much Mm -hmm. all my 20s and early 30s. Um, And he had asked me, being in his mid-late 20s, if I would be interested in helping to design his lifestyle, life home, lifestyle decisions, maturation from his 20s to his 30s. Um, Because he would like to leave D.C. and set himself up for future success through, like, emulating me, is what basically he said. The way that I live my life, my practices, my home, this and that. Many of my practices had been always this this whole life, like, a little fitness, a little fun, a little this, a little that. Uh, 2018 was a peculiar year for me because, like, I was really starting to, like, kill it at the things that I deemed as a goal. Mm -hmm. Work, fitness, friends, like... Love was never a part of that. I had been like, this was about a year and a half to two years after a really nasty breakup that I had never experienced before. So taking my time to like build, Smart. build my best self, you know? A lot um, of people would get out of a, a breakup like that and get right into another relationship. It took it took me about uh, six months to have sex with actual sex with someone else, which was on New Year's Eve when I had told myself that 2016 is going to stay in the past. and There is no Smart. better way I'd like to kick off 2017 than to spend New Year's with a cute little hipster smart creative boy Uh, uh. that was visiting from Seattle and we had the best New Year's in the next few days after it and I like started 2017 with a bang. Literally. Literally. So 2018 was interesting because like I had thought that I'd been like listening to the whispers of the universe and my universe and really like trying to do my best self. Um, But every month I found myself ill for like weird and totally unrelated reasons, except for the fact that it was me. Mm-hmm. M- me. So something I was doing wasn't working. Like I had ear infections or I, ha- I got E. coli or like something like down below was too swollen from too much sex or I thought or something like that. It kind of got frustrating. I'm trying to wonder, think of which part of you could have been. So one could be good, <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, um... You're not feeling I, well and you're getting these I always, different... I always look for feedback, which means like doctors too. And the message from multiple different doctors, different focuses. So I'm not like not believing the doctors was like, you need to slow it down. You need to listen to your body. You need to calm down. You need to exercise. You need to sleep. Like your body isn't lying. Sleep is, yes. Were you not sleeping? Um, I, like, typically in my DC life, because this is my primary base, like, it's so hyper-paced and I have a lot going on, um, which is why lovely Erin is here. Um, She is one of my extended selves because mm-hmm. I can't do it all myself and, like, I really need talent to do things that I used to That's do for really, myself better. I have to tell you, it's sweet because I've seen a lot of people with assistants. That never really give the assistant credit for everything they do, and it's very nice that you. Oh my god, are you kidding? 
You guys, if you're watching, they my stories and the stories that we produce for our clients and on behalf of my business, Designing the District, are so badass thanks to this Miss Thing, Erin Hill, Hill EA on Instagram. She is extremely creative and she's very talented at capturing the right essence of the correct moment and retelling that story in a way that makes it seem even better than if you were there. Can I ask you a question? Do you mind? No, don't mind. Come close to the mic here for me. Okay, hello. What have you learned from him since you've been working with him? I've learned that to be successful, you really need to push people and you have to be annoying in order to get things done and how to really embrace your creativity. Well, you make a great point, and I'm sure you've said this. You want to get something done. It's not going to get done by itself. In fact, Erin's email address um, appears when you receive an email from her as get shit done at designingthedistrict.com. And our other brand motto is get chic done. So let me bring us back to, okay. So it was um, this time last year where I flew to Miami to uh, meet the potential future floor plan of the home, which was the anchor and root of the project to set someone up for a best everyday mature life. Your home reflects the way you want to be. You will live your life that way. And these tiny little decisions where you live, with whom you interact, your everyday practices, like how clean you are, how organized things are, how easy it is for you to like get going to be whatever it is you're trying to be. Part of this included a fitness regimen, as many people had observed, like you. Um, this isn't news that I'm into, into fitness, but I never looked this way, but I'll get to that point. But part of his, his task was Please help me find a fitness philosophy that works for me and that's convenient and that's easy and I can understand and this and that. Uh, the, the home, which now I also have a home in the same building, um, is right across the street from a Barry's boot camp. A business, uh, I'm sorry, a fitness philosophy that I had audited from a digital brand and consumer perspective to develop competitive and comparative analysis to execute marketing strategies on behalf of other high-intensity interval training gyms that have hired me to design their marketing programs. I had never worked out at a Barry's. I finally dragged his ass there along with another friend when we were there visiting during Art Basel, which is always the first week of December. Mm -hmm. When I was amidst a significant hearing loss, sorry guys, significant hearing loss in my left ear, unbeknownst, I mean, 34, I I get it, like you get older and shit happens. I totally get that now, like shit falls apart, guys, so just be prepared. But you shouldn't be losing your hearing. No, so obviously no. there's a problem. So something was going on and something was wrong. I had I was on a steroid to retake the hearing. I had stopped drinking because of this steroid. And like, you know, it provokes thought. Um, at the same time, I was pushing a friend and client to live his best life. And a part of that for me, whether it was like conscious or subconscious, was like, bitch, you got to lead by example, which I do hopefully for my team of fabulous assistants and creators. And I lead, by example, for my clients and those I call my colleagues that are in-house people for my clients. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I believe that, you know, if you really want to get something done, like you got to lead by example and you got to show expertise in your execution. So come 2019, new year, this, that, I'm like already having thoughts about like, what's going on? Like, what's this life of mine? I'm approaching um, the open house or the, housewarming party um, up upon completing this lovely mid-century treehouse design project for Stephen Cruz. And I've had numerous now months living it between Miami and Washington, um, 
rekindling like my lifestyle down there, having peculiar health issues that have be- had had become disparate at the time, um, but like arising. Um, it was early February this year that like I had got strep throat like right after traveling from Miami to DC to like about to leave for San Francisco, which was my first time visiting San Francisco after that half a decade, I basically lived there collapsed on me. So it was a big deal. I was like, what the hell's going on? Came back to Washington, blazed right into a media event I was hosting. And then client meetings and this and that only to prepare to leave for South by Southwest as I was appointed one of 20 VDC ambassadors on behalf of the mayor's office for this year to represent my city to talk about uh, creativity, inclusion, innovation, and entrepreneurship as an urban location. I can, I can tell it. you why you are getting sick. Jesus yeah. Christ, just hearing your schedule would kill schedule. anybody. Absolutely. Um, but I got strep again twice in a month. And like, if you've had strep, you know you feel like you want to die. You feel like you want to die, and it's not common to get strep. So, um, also, though, at this point, I had been, I completed Steven's project and I was like, oh my God, like, you know, like this, I'm so happy I got to snowbird again. And, and as a business owner, I got to snowbird again and spend the winter justifying my time spent through like making money, you know, so I wasn't just vacationing, like I actually felt valued. And I reminded myself of a goal that I set at 24, which was, you know, the start of my big career in this, that. One day by 35, I want to have my own home in Miami. And all these thoughts were going through my head, like my health, like where I'm at, like, holy shit, I'm approaching 35. Like this is becoming a reality. Like what is going on? Everyone's telling me to listen to my body. Um, I'm spending a lot of money. Not everything is free and sponsored like those that have large followings Mm -hmm. um, are. And many of you think that my life is like some sort of an chanting free life like it's not the things that are maybe not fiscally paid for are compensated or or reciprocated through work um and building a platform like you have done is work um offering your self to the world and your authentic self and letting people in that's work uh giving up privacy to entertain everyone that's work and time and time so all this is going through my head and i'm like okay you have the ability to finally hit a huge goal that you actually just set. I set that as a target because if you aim for a target, like I am fine getting wherever that is because it's going to be good. You know, like if you aim high, like you're still going to be higher when you try to hit it. Is it fair? Because I just said this to my husband the other day. If you don't plan big, if you don't think big, you're not going to be big. Is that fair? 100% big. I, 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 find, I find each of us get in our own way for success not thinking we're capable of hitting our dreams. Is it fear, fear of failure or what do you think that is? Why do you think that happens? Um, I'm not the knowledge expert on this. No, but I'm just saying because I look at your, and this is, of course, I'm looking at your social media life. Yeah, yeah. So I look at you as a very successful person. You are driven. You have built a brand. You're obviously doing work here. And, why, and we just heard everything that you're doing. You seem like you have... The secret, the key. Well, um, it takes discipline. It takes focus. It takes drive. It takes uh, motivation, passion, determination, and vision. Um, and anything can be achieved with a plan. And, and this is why people hire me. They hire me to, this is, this is the desired outcome. How do I get there? 
how do I do that? How do I become you? Or like, how do I build a high-end medical marijuana dispense? As the mature business owner, a person that understands that uh, like success in life is give and take and, and your time, your body, everything is give and take. Like, you know, you you can be fat or thin. It's like give and take literally like take in the food, like give out the energy, give out the energy at the gym or give out the energy on a video game. Like, you know, still the same person, the same equity that we're dealing with here. I had been toying with this actually for almost my whole life. Um, but I realized after listening to those around me for a whole year telling me to listen to my body that I needed to make some changes for myself. And many of you know me as the person that paves and curates fun, whimsical culture, especially here in D.C. through my big over-the-top events and parties and opening bars and having fun multi-dimensional experiences that oftentimes incorporate chemical enhancement. Not because it's required, because people have fun doing these things. So one thing that I've always wanted to do is I just need to stop drinking. I It had never been good for me, ever. I keep getting myself sick. I get myself in bad situations, like whether or not I was drunk and black out when I think the time that I probably had like really not wise sexual decisions when I got HIV, like probably alcohol infused. My DUIs, alcohol infused. Um, any other disputes or like emotional imbalance i sincerely can attribute that to the chemical inclusion in my everyday practices which were drugs and alcohol um, as a recreational outlet for expression can i go further down this and ask you about that yes i can cut it out if you yeah, No, you're okay. fine i'm i'm very comfortable okay. speaking pardon me i, I want to add this because i think it's an important thing to say one of the major issues in our community is that Kay and molly and meth and cocaine is used so freely and we're losing too many people at too young of an age how long has it been since you've been sober so wait let me finish this okay. point let me finish this like greater point i'm trying yes. to make so because like there's a reason and it's not easy and there's a thought process behind it so i'm approaching a potential big financial decision i'm also observing that my investment in and what had been months at Barry's boot camp is like paying off, but could be paying off more. I'm also observing over the previous year that certain dietary decisions I'd made like or ignored my whole life, like dairy and spicy things and like complex carbohydrates and fried things. Like they'd all been fucking with me. My whole life, I literally always complained after eating about how bloated I felt and people thought I was crazy. And turns out that you can be al- allergic to these things or that they're not good for you, or that your body doesn't digest and process these simple things like others. On top of it, I'm spending $1,000 a month to work my ass off at the gyms, multiple gyms. I'm working hard to like lead by example so that these gyms could toss me a sponsorship or an event. I love to work with the things that I love, and I love to share that with everybody. And I really, and I push it. And it's like, my lifestyle decisions are mine, and if it speaks to you, it speaks to you. And if it doesn't, that's okay too. So in my logic, I said, okay, I'm approaching, I'm approaching 35. I'm a goal-oriented person. I have always set goals and benchmarks like this. Mm-hmm. And um, I need to prepare for my road to 40. My road to 40 is a very accomplished, successful, professional individual who is a published author, who is extremely fit, still consistently fit, who quite possibly has a greater platform than Instagram and uh, streaming media and is happy and balanced and healthy, healthier. 
than who he is today. And that did not include a $1,000 plus expense of alcohol. Um, that would offset a $1,000 cost of fitness because that doesn't make any sense to someone with logical thinking. Why would I spend twice as much to get half the results? Yeah. I also find making material or financial purchases as a quite the like metric for my success because numbers, time, money, it's measurable and that's how I think. I'm a quantifiable person, um, whether it's like milestone or just like next step so like getting a tooth let's just call it two thousand dollar a month apartment in miami i'm like all right bitch like figure out how you can afford this and figuring out how i can afford it like rip the alcohol out that's an easy expense your fitness will be better you'll be healthier and make a little make a couple better lifestyle decisions that'll get you along this road to 40. um i am met so frequently with such compliments about how i inspire people or how fucking good I look and that makes me feel great and what even makes me feel better than that is that I feel great and I wake up every day feeling great and I look at my lifestyle decisions I don't bat a lash since March 5th when I had my last strep and my last maybe sniff of wine ironically I love a cocktail bar I work in food and beverage and a lot of the stories you'll see of me online or the places that I appear are fancy lounge bar club this or that I have no problem with alcohol. I have no desire to reintroduce it to my body. I feel so much better. And I am having so much fun. I am not not going out. Like, I love going out because I love a cute little look and I love a cute little shimmy and maybe a slight little, like, tushy touch or something like that. Like, why not? Um, the struggle I have is that it's so sad for me to watch people detach from reality mm -hmm. and it's really challenging to retain, like, that really awesome spark that you have with someone when they start to slip into an alternate existence. Um, and I'm so sad that that's how I spent so much of my years having fun. Um, like living in California was a blast, like all the mushrooms and all the other drugs that you mentioned and all the crazy festive parties that somehow I began to resent after that all ended poorly with those type of people. Um, and I never believed that there were sober type people that would enjoy that. And now I'm like one of those people where I could like absolutely go to Burning Man, absolutely be sober and find my people and not feel like, oh, it's a bunch of druggies, which it is. <laughs> Do you miss any part of drinking? Not at all. Not at all. Did you go um, Did you go to AA or did you? I, did you I went to AA and gay A uh, years and years and years back when I was required to by like whoever oh, yeah, in yeah. order to like not have things on my record. Yeah. So this is uh, you know, I may or may not have had a DUI y'all. Definitely have twice. Um, which also is a problem. It's like, why is this a recurring problem, numbnuts? Like, well, I'm sure when you woke up in jail or you're in jail and you know that things are not you're not going down the right path if you were there. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to A. Yeah. Did it work? Did you? I haven't been. I haven't been AA in many, 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 yeah. many, many years. Um, but however, people are who are, yeah. Well, the second yeah. iteration of it. That I, I believe this was the second iteration of it. I was like beginning my corporate path and career, yeah. and this was like really, just not a good step. But it was required step in order for me to like build some life experience in order to really value these moments but i found a gay a mm -hmm. on my college campus gw in downtown dc um and i loved going there because a i felt more comfortable because we're all gay so you know we, there's just like a 
big cultural context, which, you know, you, there's no pretext when you're with other gay people. Um, you're always the gay guy in everyone else's circumstance. With gay people, you're just in with your community. So really, we had like group therapy, and it was a blast. And I met like-minded or like lifestyle individuals, and made a lot of friends, and like had some supportive people that like at a point in my life where I really needed support. Um, I feel so strong now in so many ways that I'm able to offer my experience to others. And like part of this book is I really want to share like the 30s, late 20s of my life because I've had some fairly large. Um, dramatic experience where I think would strongly resonate with things that happen to everyone, but slightly more dramatic, and it all compounded in one like one month of a time, like a job loss, relationship loss, friendship backstabbing, almost loss of life, involuntary, not suicide, like an accident, and a forced relocation across the country, suing an old boss, and having nothing. That's a lot of seasons in a Netflix show right oh there. Oh my god, and that all happened a little over three years ago. And look at where you are now focus so you quit cold turkey cold turkey and was it tough i made it a goal that for my 35th birthday i'm giving myself the gift of sobriety and that's the goal to achieve one year it's not that hard i i highly doubt that i will pick up a drink after this but you know what all i committed to myself was 12 months i you'd done it before for six why not 12 uh, well i'm very it's very motivational to hear that I'm very there's a very sweet part of that story um it just makes me very happy for you oh thank you because i know um too many of us and maybe you listening have been taken advantage of in those states i i also have been physically taken advantage of in those states numerous and, times and you think to yourself who could do something so horrible mm-hmm how do you sleep at night? How do you look yourself in the mirror? I don't get it that somebody uh, gleefully would even ply somebody with stuff. Sometimes both parties are disconnected from reality, and that's how everyone mm. allocates fun. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm so glad that you're, you're sharing that because, you know, obviously Out With Jimmy is about coming out of the closet, but I think uh, your honesty about some of them probably uh, toughest parts of your life and uh, times you're not the most proud of your life but it certainly all um, the road brought you here I, I would not be where I am today without all of those successful failures that I've had made you to the man you are mm -hmm. just like the Jewish mother and the Turkish Absolutely. wise father I would not be where I am today without my beautiful parents and my brother and sister and my family network not often does somebody say something that you know that you will be repeating for the rest of your life and you just did that for me and being in the closet till I was 35 at your age um, and I'm straight enough where I can live straight half straight yes yeah <laughs> And so no one would know unless, I mean, they may think, but I didn't have comments made or anything like that. But you, and I purposely around straight people will refer to myself as the gay guy or something else to make them laugh. Like, mm -hmm. well, I'm the queer, you know, what do you think about And it always makes them laugh. And I do it to put them at ease. Because, as you just said, I'm always the gay guy in the room. I will, I promise you, I will repeat and I will quote you because that is a great way to state what we think everyone else is thinking. 
And it is in a lot of cases. Yeah, I mean, it is or it's not. But but it but yeah. I love that line. Why yeah. we choose to be around each other. I, I love that is yeah. That's a very wise statement, which I happen to love, and I will repeat Aww. that. That's, but that's a but that, it's true though. It's true. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Where will you be at fifty? Undecided. Forty. Forty. I. The goal that I have for myself is that at by 40, I would like all the projects and the things that I'm creating to be on my own volition and not on behalf of others. Um, so that's one big thing. I would love I would love to be able to cast my message to people like you all who are listening um, t- more strongly. Um, so that platform, I don't know in five years what that platform will look like, but beyond... beyond um, beyond what I'm doing today. And I, I would love to be kicking off or having recently finished my book tour. Um, Cause this is a, I'm saying this out loud because I've wanted to write a book for a very long time. And if I say it out loud, I'm gonna do it. What's the name of the book? Do you have a title? Too Little to Fail. If you could go back and tell yourself at 15 years old, how your life was gonna be, would you, Tell yourself to change anything that you did. I think I'd be more patient with my family. With your career, would you say being gay has hurt you at all? Or Um, helped you? I think at this point in my career, I sail these seven seas at the top of that mast, and I am casting a very big sail, and that sail is all the fucking colors of the rainbow. So, like, if this is a problem for you, like, you best get out of the way because the ship's not turning. I tell you what, we all better get in our dinghies and row out of the way if we see the USS Tamor sailing towards us. I want to thank you, Tamor, for being such a great, honest guest. You made me laugh, and you are just such a charming guy, a wonderful guy, and you didn't mind sharing some of the hardest moments of your life that I know will help so many people. And if you have a business, he can help you with yours. Go to his Instagram. It's T-I-M-U-R-D-C. That's T-I-M-U-R-D-C. Or go to at Designing the District. That's at Designing the District. I'm sure he can help your business. I want to thank WTOP and Julia Ziegler for helping us out and allowing us to record out with Jimmy here in their beautiful studios. If you don't mind, I'd like to ask one more favor. If you think you have somebody in your life who needs to hear this podcast out with Jimmy or family, please let them know. It's out with Jimmy again on Apple Podcast. Uh, Click subscribe, a nice review, stars, thank you. And remember, you'll never know when the last time you'll be able to tell somebody you love them. So go ahead and do it.